Welcome to the Debt-Free Canadian Podcast. My name is Rob and my goal is to guide Canadians in a proven process to pay off debt, be intentional with their money, and live with outrageous generosity. Are you ready to tell your money where to go rather than wonder where it all went? All right, let's get started. Well, hello everyone. For today's episode, I am presenting the second lesson in my brand new budget course where we really start to get into the content. What is a zero-based budget, why it matters, and how to get started on it. Now, if you haven't listened to the first episode in the series, make sure you go back and do that. These, these lessons are meant to be listened to in order. But if you have listened to the first episode, you know that this course comes with some exercises to do along the way. I urge you, do the exercises before moving on to the next one. Even if you're not sure what to expect, do them, take the steps, and then jump on my Facebook group and share your progress. This is a process where the steps are not tricky, but they do take some effort, some intentionality to get them done. So do the exercises and then come share your progress. You can find the Facebook group at wepayoffdebt.ca slash Facebook. Now a warning, Uh, Just like I said in the first episode, some of the things you're going to hear you might disagree with. I urge you to actually try them out. Uh, If you try them out and you find you don't work, it doesn't work for you, go ahead. You can do whatever you like. But what what I claim to you is that if you do these things, if you're not where you want to be financially, and if you do these things, you will see a massive, massive change. Okay? Even if you just do the process for a trial run, like 90 days, I'm convinced you'll see the value and want to keep going. So if you've got questions about the process of budgeting or around getting control of your money, I would love to field them. Please go ahead and visit wepayoffdebt.ca slash voicemail or text the word podcast to 204-8136-133 and they'll make their way into an upcoming special Q&A, Q&A response episode. <laughs> One last thing, if you could, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening to it. That would be amazing. So without further ado, here is the budget course, lesson two, on the zero-based budget. Hi, everybody. Welcome to class number two for the budget course. The question is, what is a zero-based budget? And this is the this is one of the key uh, features to the budgeting as per the Dave Ramsey plan. This was something that it took me a little bit to get the hang of, and uh, and when I did, even then it wasn't easy. <laughs> and so we'll talk about that. But uh, certainly it's what I do today, and it is amazing in comparison to the usual way of budgeting. So uh, first off, that and that's the best way to describe what is a zero-based budget, is to compare it to what kind of budget that most people are taught. And I was taught in school. And of course, m- most of us know that uh, the kids are not taught nearly as much in school as they should be uh, when it comes to personal finance. But what I was taught, the small amount I was taught involved a budget. And what a budget was to me was an average budget, meaning that you would take a look at your entire yearly expenses and basically take all of your yearly expenses and divide by 12 and put those into the month and uh, and there's your monthly budget, right? Um, you, so you, it's really, it's just a yearly budget and you're just looking to stay on track over, over the year, but by month or something. And the problem with these average budgets as soon as I discovered, you know, as soon as I got to real life and I actually tried making some of these even before we did the Dave Ramsey program, um, one of the things I discovered was that that's really dumb because you make this average budget and you right away know it's wrong. Because if you make an average budget for February, February is not an average month. It's February. I mean, Valentine's Day is in there. 
Are you going to take your Valentine's present and divide it by one twelfth of your, like divide it by one twelfth, put that in the budget for February? Like it doesn't make any sense. Or more specifically, we go into it with this expectation that you're making a budget and it's wrong. You're making a plan for your money and it's wrong right out the gate. And that's okay. And that was what I had to throw out of my brain. This, this idea that to make an average budget. What a zero-based budget is, is you make a different budget for every single month. Now, immediately when I say that, most people, their response is, oh my gosh, that's so that's 12 times the work, Rob. No, actually, and I'll, I'll talk about that. This is where I say it's both harder and easier because it's harder in that you're like, oh my gosh, I have to make 12 budgets? Like that seems like a lot of work. And, and it is you know, slightly more work, but the, de- the, the upside is that work is way easier at every step and in fact, way more useful. And so that's why I say it is easier because uh, uh, every step of making a monthly budget is much easier. And the reason is because what you're doing in a zero-based budget is you're not looking at an average month. You're looking at this coming month and you're asking what's happening this coming month, this actual month. So think about right now in your life next month. What's going on in your life next month? Do you know everything that's going to happen next month? No, you don't. Of course not. Nobody knows the future. But it's only one, you know, at least a day away, if it's the last day of the the current month, uh, up to one month away, right? So you have, it's fairly close. So you have a lot of details that you can look at and get a real good idea of what that month's going to look like. And with that, you know, do you know how much you're going to bring in money-wise? You don't know exactly because you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you have a really good idea. We'll talk about that as we go. So it's a completely different paradigm where you're now doing a budget based on what's actually going to happen next month. You're writing that down and then you're working off that. Um, It's it's definitely challenging to start because uh, uh, people are used to this whole average thing. And they they're like, well, if I'm you know, if you're planning June's budget and you're starting to think you're thinking about Christmas, you're like, well, do I put Christmas in there or not? That's a real question to ask, right? And we'll, we'll certainly talk about that as we go. But that's but automatically, it's like, no, there's no reason to put Christmas in there because it's not happening in July. But it is coming up, so you definitely want to think about it. So it does require some thought, and it is, some cha- it is challenging to start, but the payoffs are absolutely ridiculous. And now with that, I do need to give a little a, a warning here, a little paradigm shift to think about this. And this is something Dave Ramsey says, and I, I have taken uh, uh, all the more to be true in my life. If you want to be something you've never been, you have to do things you've never done. Okay. And so this is, this is, let let me for now talk to me watching this course. Okay. So talk to the me back in 2015 when I was trying to get control of our money. Rob, you're not very good at finances. And you would agree, you would have to agree from looking at the fruit of what's going on in your life right now. You're not, you're not in control. You're not, you're not telling your money where to go. And you're not certainly not making sure it gets there. And yes, those are reasonable things to expect. Those are things that God expects from you. If you want to be somebody you've never been, because you've never, you've never been somebody who's controlled money very well, you've got to do things you've never done. And so what I would challenge you to do is as I go through some of the stuff here, be willing to say, eh, I don't know about that, but I'll do it anyway because I want to try it and see what happens because it can't be worse than what I'm doing now. (laughs) That's what I would say to myself. 
because I was so prideful, so arrogant. I was convinced there were so many things in the Dave Ramsey plan that were completely wrong. And every single time I went against the Dave Ramsey plan, I slammed my face into a wall. It was not fun. Okay, so my my strong encouragement to you is even if you hear things you don't agree with, I challenge you, try it. Be willing to try it for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, like a, sm- a short period of time. Say, I'm, I'm going to try this to see what happens, okay? And, and just see what happens and learn from it, okay? Um, and the last point I wanted to make on this is as if you were paid. Uh, uh, many of us, uh, if you got hired and you were paid $100,000 a year and your job was to manage money for the company that you're hired for, you could do it. Like it takes grade six math. Like I, I know calculus. Calculus is not necessary for this. It, it take, and calculators are allowed, right? Like you, you can do this. It is not something beyond you. Now, would it take a lot of learning? Maybe depending on the on the business you're in. Yeah. So what if you were hired to maintain to somebody's life, and that somebody was you? Could you do that? Could you manage money for you? As if you were paid $100,000 to do it? Yeah, yeah, I think you could. Because your life is not that complicated. It's not that crazy. You can do this. Okay, so really want to encourage you with that. You can do this. All right. So the first step in making a zero-based budget is this idea of an income. Well, we all know what income is, but we have to start there with a zero-based budget. Because the zero ba- the, the word zero-based, what it's referring to there is we, we not only looking at this particular month, but we start off looking at the income for this particular month that we're budgeting for. And then what we want to do is we want to put in expenses or spending priorities, if you want, whatever you want to call them, in for that month to the point that every dollar of income is assigned a job in the expenses. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you spend everything. It just means that you've allocated every single penny that you're bringing in to do a job. Okay, so there is no leftover money at the end of a zero-based budget. It always gets to zero. That's the name, okay? So the first thing to start with is your income. To actually ask the question, what is your income? And this is not so obvious sometimes. People uh, feel like they have a good idea of what their income is. And I ask you, oh, how much do you make? Oh, I make 40 grand a year. How much do you make? Yeah, I make 70 grand a year. When in fact, they make 72 or they make 68 or, you know, like, so they have a good idea, but they don't know the details. And really the details are what come into play here. So your first exercise for this uh, module, for this, this class, is to grab a piece of paper and make three columns. And you can do this right now while you're watching if you want to. Uh, make three columns on it and label them date, source, and amount. And what, we're gonna, what you're gonna do is you're gonna go through for the, the month you're budgeting for, which would be next month usually in this process, uh, you'd go through and you want to take take a look at what date you will be you expect to be paid for each one of these things. And that'll that'll include your job, but it'll also include everything else. What's the source of that money, whether your job or something else, and how much you're expecting to get. Now, there's two really important paradigms while we're doing this. Number one is every single penny that you're going to bring in. And number two is to aim for accuracy. And both of these are actually. Uh, strangely, maybe you want to say it strangely, uh, strangely hard for people. Like it's not the usual way of budgeting. Let me explain that. By every single penny, what I mean is every single penny. Every single penny that you're actually going to bring in 
from all sources. Now, here's an example. I've actually got a PDF you can download if you go to wepayoffdebt.ca slash income sources. What I've got there is this PDF on the left. It's just, it, this is exactly what it looks like. And it has in there a bunch of possible income sources, or more specifically, a bunch of common income sources for Canadians. And you can see that that list is not short, right? The first one, of course, is employment income, which most people have a job of some sort. But then there's side hustles, there's universal childcare, the UCC benefit, uh, there's the GST rebates, there's gifts, there's employment insurance, there's reimbursements uh, from work or from your healthcare spending account if you have one, or from your, your dental plan, or there's uh, CPP or Q QPP benefits, there's RRSP income, there's pension income, there's in investment income with dividends, interest, rental income, there's grants, there's scholarships and bursaries, there's royalties, there's tax returns, then they're selling stuff around the house. That's all money that's coming into your home. Uh, and one I left off here, child support. If you have child support coming in, that's money that's coming in. Now, I, I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, well, no, Rob, that's already spent. So one of the common ones, for instance, is the child tax uh, uh, credit that usually comes in, right? Many people will say to themselves, well, that, Rob, that is, uh, uh, it's a child tax benefit. It's coming into my home. I'm earmarking it for the kid's college fund. It just goes off to the kid's college fund, and I don't even think about it. Not good. Okay, not good in the sense that it is income. You've got to include that in your zero-based budget. If you decide that you put it in your budget and then you decide to send it right back out into your kid's college fund, you're good. But there is no moral imper imperative to do that. You are, if you get, let's even go crazy. If you get $500 in your child tax benefit, which I know some people do if you have lots of kids or young kids. If you get $500 from your child tax benefit and you, uh, uh, like, do you spend at least $500 on your kids? If you have a $500 child tax benefit, you have many kids and they are all quite young. Yes, yes, you spend more, way more, without that money, way more than $500 on your kids. You are completely able to put that money at the top of your budget and spend that money on your priorities and do that completely guilt-free. It is, it is part of your income. I won't, even, I won't say it's free money. It's money the government's giving you. It's money that government's help, giving you to help out, which is great. And it, it, is, it is a responsibility from you to use it well. It, it, there is no imperative, no moral imperative on your end to spend it on your kids or more specifically to spend more of it on your kids. Okay. Same with child support. And you're like, what child support, Rob? That's exactly what it's for. If you get child support, again, if you get $1,000 a month child support, I guarantee you, you spend way more than $1,000 a month on that child. Way more in terms of food, in terms of uh, mortgage or rent, in terms of all, all the utilities that you pay for that child. You pay way more than what, what you get in child support. So I just want, you, want to give you the freedom to say, no, that is part of my income. That is part of my income. That is, I am free to put that where it needs to go. Okay. And even if you decide to send it the exact, send any of that to the exact same place it's going right now, in a zero-based budget, you put every single penny at the top. That also includes the entire household if you're married. So if you're doing this on your own, this can be a challenge. If you're in a marriage where you guys are have the money split some way, that this can be a challenge. Some I know some spouses don't even know what their spouse makes exactly, right? Because of the way they do their finances, I would challenge you to look into that and actually have that conversation. Would you be willing, honey, to actually sit down and have a, a budget meeting with me where we plan together our money? 
You are not roommates. You are married, right? This is, a, you, are, you are partners in everything. Work together with your money. Decide together where it goes. And that's also part of making a zero-based budget is that you decide together where the money goes. It is not the, like normally in a marriage, quite common, I won't say normally, I'll say commonly in a marriage, there is one nerd and there is one free spirit. There is one, the nerd who loves the numbers, who loves the number crunching, who loves the spreadsheets. That's me. And that's, that's me in our marriage. And there is one who is the free spirit, the person who just wants to spend, don't, don't want to have to worry about this stuff. Okay. Dave Ramsey has a great bit on this where he says, okay, uh, nerd, it's your job to, to schedule the budget meeting. It's your job to encourage the other one to come, ask them to come, uh, encourage them to come, help make it an easy process for them. And nerd, you don't know everything. They need to change something in your budget. I know your budget's perfect, but they need to change something. <laughs> okay. Then on the other hand, the free spirit, you need to come to the meeting. <laughs> okay. I love it. It's a great bit he has. Because it's, it's so true. The nerd just thinks, and I think my budget is perfect. Everything in my budget is absolutely great. Yeah. Uh, Katie gets $25 for, for, for clothing this month. That's totally good. <laughs> and she looks at me and says, pardon? <laughs> All right. So that's the thing. It's uh, you have these conversations where you, because in, in, in any marriage, you guys are partners. This is God has given you this money for you both to manage. And so you sit down together and you work. And if you don't believe me, check out Proverbs 31. Uh, the, the, the wise woman, um, <laughs> the heart of her, heart of her husband trusts her and he will have no lack of gain. There's a great passage there that he will have no lack of gain. The husband prospers because of his wife. Absolutely incredible. Take a look at it. Proverbs 31. But so if this is, uh, this all might sound very new to you. It might sound very scary to you. You've, you've done cert certain things a certain way for a long time. I'd encourage you start now, start having the conversation to ask the question, okay, what if we were to combine things, at least combine things in, in talk. And we make one budget where all of our incomes at the top of the page, and we're deciding together where it's going to go. Okay. Give it a shot. All right. That's the first paradigm which is every single penny. The second paradigm is to be as accurate as possible. Now, again, the usual is these ideas of average months. We stay away from that. The, the zero-based budget is all about getting as accurate as possible. And so what does that mean? It means actually looking through and thinking about what am I actually expecting to bring home next month? Now, if you're like me, I have a fairly standard uh, income. I get paid about the same every single month. There's small changes here and there but they're fairly predictable throughout the year. And so I can get down to the penny very, very close. And that's actually what I put in my budget, down to the penny. And when in fact that changes, I change, I even change the budget to, to the new amount down to the penny. And uh, there, there's good reasons for that too. Um, but the, the goal here is to be as accurate as possible. Now it's always very tempting to just aim high or aim low, like depending on which one you're at, aim low on your income or aim high on your expenses, right? Give yourself a padding, a buffer zone. That does not happen in a zero-based budget. Your, buff your buffer zone has to be manually added in. You are putting $500 towards a buffer zone if you want, but that has to be in your budget. That has to be an expense, something where $500 of your money is going there if that's what you want to do. Um, now, variable income can be an issue with this. And I know a lot of people have a variable income. A lot of people have their own business or a lot of people have jobs where they are paid on a more variable income, a real estate agent, commission sales, these kind of things. 
but again, I go back to the paradigm. What if you were paid $100,000 a year to manage that money? Could you do it? Yes. What would you do? So take the real estate agent example. Okay. Well, you could look at, if you're budgeting for next month, you could look at last month. How did last month go? Probably be pretty close to the same. Or maybe if the, in the business you're in, if you're in real estate specifically, uh, the season matters. So how did you do this time last year? Maybe you look at last year's numbers and say, how did that go last year? Right. Or maybe even better as a real estate agent, you know what you've sold in the last six to eight weeks. And so you actually go through and you figure out what is my commission going to be from this, from this, from this, from this. And you write them down on a piece of paper and you add them up and you get your total. Right. That's not unreasonable to expect from somebody who was getting paid $100,000 a year to manage your money. Right. That's not that hard. It doesn't take a ton of skill. It just takes time. Okay. So, um, uh, uh, so yes. So setting up that variable income can take a little bit of practice uh, as well. You can do something called a Hill and Valley account, which I'll have a separate video for. Uh, if, if you've got really like, so you've got say one month, if you're a, a, a real estate agent in some areas of the country, you could have literally a $20,000 month followed by a zero month, followed by a $3,000 month, followed by a $30,000 month. Like if you've got something that drastic, you could have something like a Hill and Valley account. So definitely check out that video as well. But you don't want to aim low. You don't want to aim high. You don't want to take an average. You want to act like you're being paid to do it. Get as accurate as possible. Excuse me. All right. So here's exercise number two. Get out a piece of paper and write this total down. Your total income from all sources for next month. Get, get that number, figure out exactly how much money is going to come into your home. How much money are you going to be responsible for next month and write it in big numbers on a page. Then just feel the responsibility of that. If you're even taking home $3,000 next month, that's, that would be $36,000 a year, right? If you're bringing home $3,000, you have that responsibility of managing $3,000. There's a weight there. There's a responsibility there. There's a feeling of, wow, that's a lot of money right? Feel that responsibility, feel that weight, because this is, this is important to recognize that this is God's money. And he has put this in your hands to deal with and deal with well. So now seeing that total on the page, how does that make you feel? Are you shocked at how big or small it is? I would encourage you jump on the Facebook group and share that. How does that total make you feel? Is it, is it, are you surprised at how large it is? Is it, is it larger than you expected? Is it smaller than you expected? Is it scary to look at that big number and say, oh my gosh, what am I going to, how am I going to manage that? Again, we're going to continue to do these classes and we'll be, get to a point where you will be able to manage that well. Take the steps right now, baby steps one at a time. And we will certainly get to the point where we are, um, we are uh, really in control of that money. Okay. Uh, and don't forget, to exercise number three, uh, pray with your spouse about this. Pray about this. If, if you're single, pray about this on your own. If you're married, pray about this with your spouse. Think about what does this mean and what does this look like in your marriage? How does this look uh, with God? And what is his expectation on you around this? Okay, so I think that covers it for this class. So we'll leave that there. Thanks so much. We'll see you in the next one. 
All right. Well, that's about it for this episode of the Debt-Free Canadian Podcast. I really hope that brought you some massive value today. Uh, Again, if you've got a question about budgeting, about being in control of your money in any way, shape, or form, please go ahead and visit wepayoffdebt.ca slash voicemail or text the word podcast to my community platform text number at 204-8136-133 and you'll be able to leave a voicemail with your question. Of course, you can also leave a voicemail with feedback about the show. I would love to hear it. I'm always working on it. Really want this to be of great value to the Canadian community out there. Uh, And of course, if you prefer, you can always send me an email, rob at wepayoffdebt.ca. I'd also be very grateful if you'd rate my podcast on whatever platform you're listening. Please, it would really help to have other Canadians discover it and really just have the value as well. But until next time, remember, the best time to start may have been 10 years ago, but the second best time to start is today. You got this.